live streamers. It's your pal Sully here. Thanksgiving weekend is over and the holiday seasons have begun. And will there be more wonderful presents under the tree in Texas who've already made one completely startling move this offseason? It's Bruce Bochy time in Texas, but it's also Bryce Patrick time. The host of Lockdown Rangers is coming over to do a crossover with Lockdown MLB. I'm your pal Sully. Let's start the show. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast. Yes, even in the offseason, when we talk about all of Major League Baseball, I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, check out my lower third. You call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last 10 years and for the last four complete seasons here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. And I'm looking forward to season five. You know, that's more than a presidential term when you stop to think about it. We're not getting into politics. Don't you worry. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And you please, please, please tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, including Lockdown Rangers. Now, why would I bring up Lockdown Rangers? Well, because... I shot out a little uh, last-minute email because I realized I was going to be talking about one of this person's favorite players. In fact, he has a certain paternal feeling towards him. And who feels paternal towards this player? Well, pater is in his name. It's Bryce Paterick. How are you doing, buddy? What does what Paterick, what does that literally mean? Does that mean lover of Joey Gallo? Uh, I think it's, it's, yeah, I think it's Dutch for, for lover of, of Joey Gallo. Uh, not exactly sure what it, it's supposed to mean, but, but now on, on these here internets, it basically means lover of Joey Gallo, son, father of Joey Gallo. Um, hey, by the, by the way, but I just, I didn't want to, um, I wanted to uh, address one thing before we get into the show here. I know I had, uh, some technical issues with the last show I did with Nick Morawski. I really hope we're not having him now. You can hear me, right? I and I can hear you fine. Great. And when I recorded with Nick, the Nick, the the sound with Nick sounded fine. And unfortunately, when it, when it was published, there's a lot of hiccups in his sound. So I know some people wrote to me. Uh, I have a team of experts working round the clock here at the Lockdown MLB Studios, based in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. In that, it's me. Um, I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, for those of you who were uh, who complained to me about that and asked me to get to work on that. I will refund you your money, uh, and uh, I will send it to you. Do what? I'll double it. I will double it. But uh, look, and hopefully, uh, hopefully the tech problems are – last week had a ton of tech problems, and uh, the, the IT department here at the Lockdown Studios was uh, celebrating Thanksgiving uh, in that it was me. But, hey, we're doing a live stream right now. I see we already have someone in the uh, in the watching us right now. Uh, is Post something in the chat if you have any questions about the Texas Rangers. Okay, back to the Rangers. Bryce Patrick, um, the Rangers 
you were on the the season this last year. It was a disappointing year for them, especially as they added a couple of key players to the team and um, didn't add a lot of wins. And Chris Woodward got the heave-ho. Baseball lifer Tony Beasley uh, took his place. And you and I talked about, hey, what if they give Tony Beasley a full shot? I mean, how, how could they get a more talented manager than that? And I brought up, well, they could bring up Bruce Bochy's lieutenants. Take a drink, everyone. Uh, yeah, and uh, the Rangers said, tell you what, we'll do you one better. Bring in Boach. What 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 are your thoughts of uh, my dad's uh, my dad's favorite manager now managing in uh, in Texas? Well, I, I kind of approached it with the same skepticism, <clears throat> and, like good natured general earned skepticism of not expecting good things for this Texas Rangers team because it's been since 2016 since they made the playoffs, and there's been a lot of upsetting and frustrating and maddening things to happen along the way. But last year, there was all this talk lead up of, oh, no, we're going to get all these big free agents. And I was like, yeah, I'll buy it when I see it. And then I saw it and I thought, okay, that's pretty nice. And then those free agents did pretty well, but the rest of the team was kind of crap. And there were a lot of things that needed to be improved. And they fired their manager, which I thought Chris Woodward probably will. I think he should get a shot somewhere else. I think he's a fine manager, was dealt a tough hand from the start. He was hired in 2019, did a pretty, pretty decent job with that team. But ownership wanted to send a message. They fired him. They fired longtime president of baseball operations, John Daniels, who had been running the club in the front office since 2006. I thought, mm -hmm. okay, we're going to make some moves. And one of the things that uh, Chris Young, the Rangers' new GM, um, this is his first tenure as a GM, only been in a front office for about a year. And I think I think he was a, a really great hire because the relationships he has with people around baseball is he has one with, you know, Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy managed him back when he was with the San Diego Padres. And so right. he has that kind of cachet. And I thought I was completely caught off guard and nearly dropped my phone in the supermarket when I found out the news. Because I was not at all expecting this. I thought maybe Tony Beasley would get a look. I thought, you know, the attendants, uh, the lieutenants of Bruce Bochy might get a look. But bring him out of retirement to coach a team, to manage a team that is just coming off, what, a 94 loss season? Yeah, yeah. 94 losses and then 101, maybe 102 losses the year before. But I thought, okay, this team is serious. They are really, really about that edict of playoffs or bust in 2023. And you know what? I'm about it. I'm excited. Yeah. Hey, look at if nothing else, um, you know, I, I don't know if Brochi is a long-term solution, but at least it's it, here's one thing it does. And I think for as you mentioned, it's the the Rangers haven't been in the postseason since the uh I think since the the they lost the division series to Toronto. Which and, time? And twenty six. Well, the year that I felt they were going to be because they had um, Cole Hamels and Darvish, and, had, and, Darvish. Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking, "Man, I think they're going to win the pennant. I think they're going to win the pennant." I, and thought, I thought so too. I thought they were going to, you know, uh, you know, that was the year that Cleveland wound up going to the World Series against Chicago, uh, and of course, Cleveland got to within one swing of winning that World Series. But it's I, mean, I find it interesting. You're seeing a lot of managers who have tons of experience getting a shot as opposed to the what was the trend a few years ago, which was a lot of people who didn't even have experience in a coaching staff 
but was friends with the general manager. And, you know, it's, I mean, not all, they weren't all like eggheads, you know, with an abacus. I mean, they were, a lot of them were, were, you know, former players, but didn't have any coaching experience. And then you see, you know, the, the the Trace Tinglers or the or the Aaron Jace, Boons for the Jace Tingler. Jace, Jace Tingler. There you go. I, I, I his name sounded like you were he avoiding. Had, he had Rangers ties, which is why I knew it. And yeah. you know, I I think I I get where you're going, but the Rangers, it, it felt like from the get go they were not going to hire a first time manager because the last mm-hmm. four managers I believe they hired all were first time managers, going back all the way to Ron Washington, Jeff Bannister, mm-hmm. um, and. Chris Woodward, all of those guys were first-time managers, and I think they were all the right hires for the time. Now, I think hiring Bochy at this time is a great move. They finally finished out their coaching staff with an old friend, Mike Maddox, who was the Rangers pitching coach during the glory years, has been in with the Nationals and has been with the Cardinals for the last like seven years. And I know fans and myself are very excited to have him back as well. Yeah, you. I mean, I'll tell you that I was going to bring up Maddox is that it's kind of like sometimes you have that pitching coach who could really turn things around. I think when Dave Duncan, like how many great pitches did he turn around in his time between Chicago and, and Oakland and St. Louis. And you see Maddox has done a really good job. A lot of times being dealt strange hands in his, in his bullpen rotation and putting together winners. And, you know, the, if nothing else, the message that is sent to obviously the fan base of the ticket sales and everything like that, but to the team. And that is to say, Hey, uh, we're not giving up. You know, you don't sign someone like Bruce Bochy. You don't lure Bruce Bochy away from the, you know, the fishing hole and say, Hey, how would you like to be one of those managers who, you know, if he brings the Rangers to the postseason. He will have managed a team to the postseason in the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and the 2020s. That's four decades. And, uh, you know, and and I don't think there's that disconnect. Like when Tony LaRusso was brought to Chicago, yes, he won a division in 2021. And that puts him that he won the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. But he also had 10 years away from the game. And there was a sense it was kind of like a, you know, he was, he, the game had evolved and he had such a great right off in the sunset moment in to finish his career with the 2011 World Series Championship. Um, and, but I don't feel that this you had, to, I, you had to bring that up. You had to bring I, that I, up. I, I'm sorry. I do it. I realized that as I was, <laughs> as it was leaving my mouth, but, but, but Bochi doesn't have, I don't think Bochi has that same disconnect. I mean, he's, he was managing, pretty recently he was managing as recently as 2019 mm-hmm. and so i think that there's i don't think he's as disconnected from the game and i think that there's still a tremendous amount of respect that people have for him as a manager based on everything he did in san francisco and let's not forget what he did in san diego yeah exactly and i think he was a little more progressive even when he was there Mm-hmm. You know, for his time, he was a guy who was kind of a little bit ahead of his time, you know, willing and receptive to, you know, some more of the ideas of how baseball is is changing now. And I think I think having Chris Young as his general manager, because there is a little bit more, well, a lot more, uh, you know, front office involvement in like things like lineup decisions, who's 
who you're going with in your bullpen and things like that. It's less up to just the gut feel of the manager. I think that'll change in the postseason because that's what Bochy is, has been best at. But when it's a guy who he's managed, who he has a previous relationship with, I think that'd be easier to stomach. Not that he wouldn't stomach it if it was somebody else in the front office, like John Daniels handing down those, right. those edicts. But I think it makes it a little bit easier. Like, all right, I know this guy, I vouch for him. And if he says it, then, you know, he probably knows a couple of things that maybe I don't. And so that's fine. Well, look at, I mean, all I know is, is that it's, it's just a surefire bet that the absolute culture of the Texas Rangers is going to be changed just a little bit by just having Bruce Bochy there, the sense of a commitment to the future and a commitment to win. If you're going to make any bets, go to bet online. Now bet online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends from every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. I just found out what esports were. There was an article about that in the New York Times. That's how old I am. I read the New York Times. You can get it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, let me make this clear. You're not betting on sports podcasts. That was a question I actually got this weekend. It's not about betting on sports podcasts. They, they have links to them at BetOnline as well. Okay, but if you want to bet on Lockdown MLB, you know what? Go ahead. We're all, it's always the fastest and easy way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Um, look at one of the things that we're here with, with Bryce Patrick. Let's get rid of the, the bet online graphic, shall we? Uh, we're here with Bryce Patrick. Oh, by the way, uh, in the chat, I just want to say hi. To uh, one of my my favorite listeners, who's who's always popping in the chat room, uh, uh, David Samuel Blaine says hi, solid, happy Thanksgiving and holidays. Thanks a lot, David. Good to see you back in the chat. Uh, always always drop in your questions, and I'll do my best to answer them best we can. Uh, last year, the the Rangers were surprising buyers in the market. Uh, I would have gone to bet online and bet a lot of money that Corey Seager was going to go to the Yankees. I thought he was, I thought everything about Corey Seager was perfectly designed for the Yankees. His swing, the position he played, his postseason pedigree. Uh, and then I also thought Marcus Simeon would also be a good fit with the Yankees. And guess what? They're now up the middle in a pretty good up the middle combination for the, for Texas. Um, their outfield, uh, you know, is not as strong right now. But uh, tell me, tell me your thoughts of how the team is constructed, especially when you take a look at what they're realistically aiming for, which is one of the the three wild card positions. So, I mean, I did talk a lot about how this team lost 94 games last year, but I feel like that doesn't always tell the full story. The mm -hmm. story, in my mind, the story of the 2022 Texas Rangers is their abysmal record in one-run games. Absolutely mm -hmm. abysmal. 15 and 35, a 30% win percentage, and it honestly felt like so much worse so their run differential overall like they were not as bad a team as their record indicates and i think the the biggest difference is their offense is fine nathaniel lowe had a fantastic season won his first ever silver slugger jonah heim had a really really good season with mitch garver being hurt um adolis garcia kind of proved that last year wasn't just a you know flash in the pan and you know up the middle i mean it was a, a pretty rough start for Marcus Simeon and a little bit also for Corey Seager. 
but they pretty much performed to the level that was expected of them. And eventually, towards the end of the season, Josh Young's there at third base. So the infield set, the outfield, maybe you could could switch some things around. Maybe Brandon Nemo will be a little bit of a target. I don't think as much so if they do get one of those top-end guys at the top of the market. We're making you know, $40, $50 million a year. Um, but I think that somebody in left field could definitely is definitely where this team needs to upgrade. Billy Tavares... Not a great offensive season, had a really great first half, kind of fell off. But defensively, he is among the best defenders in center field. And Bubba Thompson, as of right now, I think he is the guy who is going to stick in left field. If they make no moves, then I think it's Bubba Thompson. Fastest player in the league, making some great strides offensively, and actually a really great bunner. Like, that was actually something that mattered because he was so insanely fast, and so he provided some value. I don't think he's a long-term solution, but there is a guy... That uh, who was the one that you lured me into the podcast to talk about, which is uh, yes. Joey Gallo, and I think it would be a perfect situation getting a one-year deal with him, buy low, have him come back to a place where he feels comfortable with, where he succeeded. Literally, just in 2021, he was an all-star with this team. Yeah, and yeah. It wasn't that long ago. People feel like it was like forever. It really wasn't that long ago, and I think it would be a perfect fit um, for the Rangers and for Joey Gallo, and for me personally. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, first of all, just talk a little bit about, you know, I, I know I know a few Ranger fans, and I, and I actually was working my old job, working very closely with someone who was a rabid Texas Ranger fan in the early to mid 2010s, which was a pretty good time to be a rabid Texas Ranger fan. And he, it's funny, like people feel emotion towards homegrown players. Something that the Red Sox still haven't figured out, as they you know as they let you know they're going to let Devers and Bogarts go after leaving bets, and they realize what 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 are you doing, what are you doing? All the Trevor stories in the world won't make us forget that. But you know, fans hold those homegrown players, or at least the players who made their debut with the team, uh, to their bosom, and watching the Ranger fans just gush and love. Joey Gallo, uh, tell us what is it about it? And just beyond war and beyond the stats, there seemed to be an emotional attachment my Ranger fan friends had. And for you, it was it was borderline pathological. So, uh, Oh, it just was pathological. <laughs> for me, it's Joey Gallo. There's a special connection there. He's about my age. He's kind of the first prospect that I started, like, caping for, like, from the time that that the Rangers drafted him basically was when I started following him. I thought, okay, this guy is just a weirdo, like an absolute baseball weirdo. Came up as a six, five third baseman with like a cannon of an arm. He was being asked to be a pitcher. A lot of teams wanted to see him as a pitcher. He just straight up would not tell scouts when he was throwing, even though he threw a hundred miles an hour. He's like, I'm going to be a hitter. I'm going to hit dingers. And that's exactly what he did. He's a guy who just like walks an astronomical amount, strikes out an insane amount, hits the absolute crap out of baseballs. And like as a joke, when he was still a third baseman, me and my buddy Grant were just like, let's put him in center field. Let's just just as a goof, as a goof. And then they did that. And he was actually really darn good. His best best season was in 2019, where he was pretty much an everyday center fielder Mm -hmm. and was an all star and was absolutely amazing. And like just seeing him as a prospect, like fighting and caping, like saying this guy can be really amazing. Like maybe he will flame out in double A because he has such a wide range of possibilities for what he could be as a player. But seeing a guy like that, who is such a unique baseball player 
achieve basically like the top five percentile of like what his projection was as a kid and seeing him do it with your team is just like, this is amazing. This is what baseball is all about. Prospects break your heart all the time for oh, yeah. all the like dozens and dozens and dozens, even the one Noah Mazzara, who was like, a can't miss prospect, like literally the most cantest mistest prospect. And he just stopped hitting. He just yeah. stopped hitting and became bad out of nowhere for no reason at all. And for him to like fall off a cliff and other guys kind of of that same era where there were a bunch of really good ranged prospects and none of them really hit except for Joey Gallo and then seeing him hit and then also having to be traded because the Rangers just didn't want to offer him a decent contract extension was just absolutely the most heartbreaking part of the first hundred lost season since the 1970s, which was 2021. Um, but yeah, it's just something about seeing him do all these weird things on a diamond and being like, I knew he could do this and seeing him actually do it is just, it's what's, it's what makes baseball the most special for me. Right. Well, I'm going to say a couple of names here. Uh, Trevor Hover, Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, and Glenn Otto, who are the players that the uh, Rangers got from New York for Joey Gallo, when Joey Gallo was an all-star, as you said, all the way back in 2021. He's now floating as a broken man, wandering kind of like Bill Bixby at the end of The Incredible Hulk, hoping someone picks him up. How about that for an up-to-date reference? Marvel is big, but I'm going to talk about the Marvel show from the 70s. But um, it's, the, it's still it's still an image I love. Anyway, back, back, to, the, back to the Rangers. He could be picked up for a song. And it's funny, we're, we talked about Bochi. Um, when Sandoval left the Giants and signed with the Red Sox, and I knew that was going to be a disaster. And you can go check my Sully Baseball podcast from the 2014 offseason, thinking like I was lighting candles at church trying to persuade the Red Sox to not sign Pablo Sandoval because <laughs> – he had all the goodwill in the bank in San Francisco. He was beloved in San Francisco, partly because he came up right as Bonds was leaving. And he was this cute, cuddly guy who hit bombs, had a big belly, and they had the panda hats. And then he came up huge in two World Series. And I mean, he was part of the three World Series, but he was the MVP of 2012. We got gigantic hits against Kansas City in 2014. And so it was this notion that he was a great player if you only saw him from the postseason. He wasn't. He wasn't a great player. He just was loved by the fan base. And he went to Boston, bombed in Boston, was hated in Boston, and they got rid of him. And he came back to San Francisco where there was all this goodwill left in the bank. And even though he wasn't great, he was good enough and people still loved him. Why am I bringing up Panda? I'm bringing up Panda because that same thing can happen to Votto. At the Gallo, I'm sorry, Joey Gallo. You're getting your, that, your Joey's mixed I'm getting, up. I'm getting my Joey's mixed up, but like he was, he just bombed in New York, and it was sad to watch him bomb in New York because you got the sense that he was a good guy who just it just didn't work, it just didn't work out, and he, they booed him and all this. His stats were grotesque, and if he comes back to Texas where fans have to go back and be sentimental towards 2021, you know, way back then, uh, he still has all this goodwill in the bank. And you could say, yeah, yeah, we farmed him out to the Yankees for two years, got uh, four players back for him, 
and now we get him back for nothing, basically. You, this, this is not—he's not going to command judge money, and he could have. You want to get those rebound seasons. If anybody's going to have a rebound season, it's going to be Gallo. Yeah, absolutely. And the Rangers, like I talked about, Bubba Thompson, and you know, he's. He made some big strides, and I am genuinely really happy for that guy that he even is a big leaguer at all. Like, I, watching him in Double A a few years back, his pitch recognition was just really, really rough, and I didn't think that he was going to make the big leagues. But he he did, and he did a pretty decent job. But I think Gallo, even at like you know, middling production that he kind of had last year, I think he he's not going to have that same level of production. It'll be better, I think, guaranteed if he is going to be a starter. But like, he is just. He's not going to be asked to do a whole lot. And I kind of knew that him going to New York because he wanted to succeed in New York. He cares so much. He's a guy who cares a whole lot about what people think and like that he is trying his best. And like the booing, like that is just, it was heartbreaking for him because, you know, he grew up a, a huge, huge Yankees fan. All of his family was Yankees fans. Very, very Italian family. Very, very heavy on the Yankees. And I know like everybody grows up a Yankees fan, but still like it meant a lot to him and it would just, every every single thing going wrong would just compound and compound and compound. And it was just a horrible situation for him. So I think this would be a good place for him to be because the Rangers had 13 different players play left field last year, 13. And, uh, I, I rattled them all off, off the top of my head, which I was very proud of. And then immediately very ashamed of because there were a lot of them that were like two, three games and will never, ever be heard from again. But the Rangers have a void in left field the infield is pretty much set. Catcher, set. DH, set. Right field, center field, eh, pretty much set. Mm-hmm. But left field is the one the one spot. I know they need a lot of pitching. They probably need to spend for one good pitcher, trade for another one, and then that's a decent rotation. And then they want to mm-hmm. add one bat. And I say if you're going to add one bat, you're going to spend a whole bunch of money on DeGrom or maybe Rodon or maybe, maybe Verlander, um, then – you're going to need to shop a little bit in the bargain bin for your one bat. And who better than to bring the prodigal son home and Joey Gallo? Yeah. And, you know, basically you're good. He's going to give you some security there. If you can look at him there, you, you'll, you'll feel safe with someone like Gallo in left field. And by the way, if you want to feel safe in your home, how about simply safe? Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and Patrick thefts, Easy for you to say, spike nationally. That's why our friends over at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Now, look it, I'm going to just tell you this right here and now. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. An emergency 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. So you get priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. With a top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm, disarm, 
unlock for guests access your cameras or adjust system settings don't miss your chance to save big on the best security system out there get 50 percent off any new simply safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on mlb this is their biggest discount of the year so don't wait this year is almost over that's simplysafe.com slash locked on mlb there's no safe like simply safe we're here with bryce patrick of locked on rangers my buddy david samuel blaine is asking a key question he said how was your thanksgiving sully it was great it was great I had some good food my mother came in my mother came in from uh northern california and we all got to spend it here and do what we did today we put up the tree Ooh. christmas is now in the sully house like crazy right now the tree the stockings and everything like that that goes up the day after thanksgiving and the day after christmas we put all of it back in the garage but it's not the point here um Bryce, you brought up the fact that they were a they played 51 run games in 2021 or 2022. Sorry, they lost 35 out of 51 run games. Now you think about the ways that that could be improved. Tighten the bullpen a little bit. Just if you just tighten each aspect of the game, another decent starter, tighten the bullpen a little bit, get another decent bat in there. If let's just say I'm not going to say anything outrageous. Let's say they just went 500 in one run games. They just split. They they wouldn't have had a winning season, but they were a 94 loss team. And if they just played 500 ball, they would have gone 78 and 84. Again, still a losing record, still not a wild card team, but you take a look at oh, almost a winning season, almost at 500. And I think you're right that the the front office and everything took a look at that and say not all 94 lost teams are made equally. And the, the bones may be there for an improvement, especially for, you know, if you, if you think there's some vulnerability in some of the uh, uh, potential wild card contenders for next year, um, let me ask you a key question. Is Martin Perez coming back? And if not, is that going to be a devastating blow for the, for the squad? Well, it would be if he wasn't, but he finally accepted his qualifying offer. Oh, uh, I forgot you last week. I totally forgot about that. This it, is what no, happens totally when you do misses. It totally goes under the radar because he was one of only two players. Jock Peterson was the other one. But yeah, it was, there was some concern there that he wouldn't come back. But even with Martin Perez coming back, absolutely loved him. I don't know if he's going to have exactly the season, but I do think he is a changed man. I think he is a new pitcher, and he is going to be this kind of level of consistent. You can count on him for pretty much six innings every time out. But the reason the Rangers were you know, so bad in these one-run games, and I think big part of the reason they had a, such a bad record, because when you look at the top three of their order, it was Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Nathaniel Lowe. All pretty darn good hitters. You clean up hitter. Adoles Garcia, fine. And then Jonah Heim when he's doing well and, you know, the rest of that lineup, it's 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 fine. It's not, you know, the Dodgers, but it's it's fine. But you look at the, the rest of the starting pitching staff behind John Gray and Martin Perez, and you have Dane Dunning, who I think is a fine number four or five, gave them 150 innings this year, might miss some time. He had a hip injury at the end of the year that caused him to miss his last start. He had some surgery. 
probably going to be ready for opening day. We're not entirely sure. I don't think Glenn Otto should have been as big a factor in the rotation as he was. Did fine. Had a 464 ERA, uh, just under 140 innings. Was not a guy. He was probably, if you asked me at the beginning of the season, I'd say he's maybe the seventh starter on the list. But they had a lot of guys who just did not work on the rotation. Taylor Hearn showed some real promise as a multi-inning reliever, but the starting thing just did not work out for him. Spencer Howard, who was the main guy in the Kyle Gibson trade with the Phillies, he really had some issues there, and I think they might still be sticking with him as a starter, but it's about time for him to just be a multi-inning reliever. And their bullpen, it it had some promise. Brock Burke was fantastic as a lefty multi-inning reliever, as was Matt Moore. Actually found a new gear, a new curveball that I was very, very skeptical of going into the season. They're like, oh, Matt Moore. You know Matt Moore, he's got a new curveball. He'd be a totally different player. And I'm like, I'm not buying it. I've seen it before. I don't believe it. But he was. I mean, he walked everybody. But he also struck everybody out. So, net a good player. And then they had two key relievers come in after missing the first half of the season, had missed the entire season before. Both of them had Tommy John surgery. That was Jonathan Hernandez and uh, Jose Leclerc. Both of them were really darn good as late inning relievers. And, you know, this pen is pretty good. It's it's not elite, but it's it's pretty good. It's good enough to be around a 500 team, which I think is that 74 and 78 and 84 record. That's kind of what this team felt like to me. It was right. a little more disheartening, um, and they had a really nice month of May where they had a winning record against a bunch of really really good teams. A bunch of playoff teams actually is who they played in May, and everything just kind of fell off the rails in June and onward. But yeah, I think this team is not that far away from contention. And I think that one run record is a big, big key to be like, hey, I mean, the Rangers had a winning record in games started by uh, Martin Perez and John Gray. And if you get a couple of starters that are as good or probably better than them, then I mean, think about what this team's record could be in those games next year. Well, look, I, I know baseball be excited to have the Rangers be very good. Uh, it'd be interesting to have. Texas have both the Astros and the Rangers. If they really do have a uh, some sort of postseason rivalry, and I'm just thinking of my late father, biggest Giants fan I know, and knowing that the state of Texas has all of the managers who managed the Giants to the World Series this century, Dusty Baker and uh, Bruce Bochy. Um, that was. Uh, uh, now both managing in Texas, uh, it's going to be an interesting year. You know, there's, there's, there should be some, you know, possibly some optimism. I mean, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to get a foothold, but you know, if you see a team that could take a, a step back, you know, that we saw what happened in the national league. If you just grab one of those wildcard spots where that could take you. And by the way, who's a manager who took a wildcard team, that played on the road and went all the way to win a world series with it was Bochi with the 2014 They were the visiting team, the 2014 giants were the visiting team in the wild card game. And they wound up winning the world series. And do you remember who, the, who did they play? Who, whose home were they in for the wild card game? Do you remember? Oh, in 2014. Oh, um, I think I remember that 2014, the uh, AL wild card was. I'm pretty sure that was the A's and the Royals. If I, yes, right? it was. Yes, it was. Okay. Um, well, then that year would have been. No, it wouldn't have been the Pirates that year. Was it? Let's see. 
would it have been another i think it was on the east was it the braves you just gotta go with your gut donovan burrell says the pirates and he was right it was the pirates it was the pirates oh. the pirates the pirates won hosted three straight wild card games in 2013 14 and 15 uh winning in 2013 against the reds they probably would have won the pennant in 2015 if they had a wild card series the way they do now but i digress well look at hey uh let me get this message off there hey uh bryce patrick i just want to thank you so much to for jumping on board and talk a little bit about the uh about the texas rangers offseason uh, by the way, everyone, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insight that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today is available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And speaking about getting great podcasts, hey, uh, Bryce Patrick, where can people follow your show and follow you? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked on Rangers and get it wherever you get your podcast. Also, one last Joey Gallo factoid before we go, because I forgot to mention it. it would I would kill myself if I didn't mention this. Joey Please Gallo start. is going to be one of the ones that benefits the most from the shift being banned along with Corey Seager. So yet another reason for the Rangers to go bring my son home. Bring him home. Hold on high. Here, my okay. I can't start singing from Les Mis because we may get in trouble from that. Yeah, yeah. You show me another baseball podcast where I bust into Les Mis, but not do you hear the people sing? Okay, I went a little, I went on a deep Les Mis cut. I love Les Mis. What do you want? From, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? I love Les Miserables. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man who can admit he loves Les Miserables, but hey, I'm also a man who admits that I do a podcast as often as I do. Bryce Patrick of Lockdown Rangers. Thanks so much for being part of the show. You can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully and Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast and on Instagram. I still haven't figured out Mastodon yet, but you can follow uh, this show at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram, and we're probably on MySpace. Talking about the Bruce Bochy era and the championships that will come forthwith. In Texas with Bryce Patrick, this has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. I'm begging you to call me Sully.